turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Do you notice how little conversation there is about the $1.9 trillion economic rescue package? Do you even know what's in it? Is it necessary? Did you know that most of the money that we spent unnecessarily in December has not even been spent? That was a $1 trillion stimulus bill. That's according to Senator Tim Scott. We did another $1.4 trillion. This is on top of the $4 trillion a year we spend on the federal government. This stimulus bill, which is completely and totally unnecessary, has bigger stimulus checks, more aid to the unemployed, those facing eviction. I'm reading from CNN.com because they've actually done the best job detailing this. Enhanced unemployment aid. More money for child care and child, child tax credits. I think that's fine, actually. I think that we should have a pro-family policy in our country. Subsidies for health insurance premiums. Restoration of emergency paid leave. More assistance for small businesses. And then $350 billion. Here you go. Here's the theft. This is why they don't want to talk about this. This is why they're doing the impeachment to bail out Democrat states. Now we found it. $350 billion to bail out broken states like Illinois, Connecticut, Rhode Island, California, Oregon, and Washington. $350 billion. And it also raises the minimum wage to $15 an hour that the Washington Post has even come out and said. Will destroy 1.5 million jobs over the next five years. Democrats don't care about that. And so I am inherently against government stimulus. It does not work and it is immoral. I was against Obama's stimulus. I was even against Trump's stimulus. I spoke out against it. It did not create the economic growth that they said it would. The best stimulus has always been ending these anti-scientific lockdowns, has always been about reopening our country, open the country fully, trust people to make good choices. They will weigh the cost. They'll They'll weigh the consequences. That's what a free society is all about. We have decided not to do that in our country. We've decided to do the opposite. We've decided to shut everything down, borrow money and create money we do not have, to spend on things that do not matter, to never create jobs. But let's go just to the very basics. What is money? Money is a representation of value. 
the way that trading used to work before we had currency was a barter system. It was very inefficient. I'll trade you a chicken for a cow. I'll trade you cows for a car. The problem with the barter system is you have to find a producer for that demand. That creates the double incidence of Watts problem. Learn Liberty has some great videos on this. The double incidence of Watts problem is that if you have something that somebody else does not want, well, then you're not able to trade. So if I'm in the water bottle making business and I have a bunch of water bottles, but somebody wants sandwiches and not water bottles, how do I trade with them? Money also solves the retention of value problem, especially when it comes to perishable goods like chickens or cows. It's not going to last forever, but money hopefully will. Money can hold that value after you sell the cow. You get the highest amount of value for it when it's at its highest peak, and then you keep the money. Money solves these problems, and money allows trade to occur. What I just went through in the last two and a half minutes right there, by the way, is supposed just to be Economics 101, that it seems our Congress people have no understanding of whatsoever. Let's go a level deeper. Money is valuable because goods and services are represented by that money. So $100 is supposed to represent that value of goods and services in a society. Here's something that is obvious, but it needs to be said because it's true. Creating and printing more money does not make more stuff appear. Creating more money does not create more stuff. Instead, creating more money spreads the value of the goods and services amongst a larger number of dollars. So when we introduce $4 trillion into the economy without any sort of growth because everything is closed, that means that the $100 will no longer be worth $100. It cheapens the value of the currency. And then you get inflation. How do you calculate inflation? It's super easy. You guys remember back to math class? You just have a simple division equation. At the numerator, you have numbers of dollars. The denominator, you have goods and services. That's it. So on the denominator, goods and services, we have less goods and services than we've ever had before because of the lockdowns. 200,000 small businesses went under. Hotels, cruise lines, concerts, airlines, all have gone through the worst chapter they ever have. But the number of dollars has increased dramatically. So we are pumping the system with funny money. Our market is basically on a sugar high. We haven't even spent all the money that we've allocated. Yet the Democrats and Biden want to spend another $1.9 trillion. Why? Answer. There are a couple people that love inflation. We know you can't print wealth. We know you cannot create wealth via a printing press. The Weimar Republic, 
Zimbabwe, formerly Rhodesia, and much of the third world has demonstrated this. But Wall Street bankers actually love stimulus. It gives the market a false sense of stability. And also, if you're wealthy, you're going to do great when inflation hits. Hard assets, you do very well. But do you know who else does really, really well with inflation? Corporations that have massive debt. Anyone that has debt does really well when inflation hits. Let's think about it. If you have half a million dollars in debt, and all of a sudden half a million dollars is no longer worth half a million dollars, and it's really worth like $200,000 with inflated money, because it's not what it used to be. How many times have you heard your parents say, I used to be able to get a full meal for a dollar fifty? Well, it's because $1.50 isn't worth what it used to be. $1.50 back then is really like 10 cents now and vice versa. So therefore, inflation rewards debtors. It rewards people that have borrowed and leveraged. Well, who have borrowed and leveraged themselves to positions in an unrealistic nature? Answer, private equity. Megatron corporations. And much of the ruling class, our whole system is built on debt. Everything is. The spigot of debt has hit higher education. It's hit businesses. It's hit Wall Street. It's hit private families, credit card companies. We are leveraged all up and down the economy. And so now we are on the second precipice of a long-term debt cycle. So when you hit the second precipice of a long-term debt cycle, the smart people of the Federal Reserve are looking at the numbers. They say, huh. We didn't cut spending in 2000. We didn't cut spending in 2005. We didn't cut spending in 2010. We didn't cut spending in 2015. And we didn't cut spending in 2020. And now the number of dollars has increased. The goods and services have decreased. That's it. We are going to admit quietly through code. You see, the ruling class always communicates through code. That One thing that you'll learn about authoritarians and tyrants, they'll never tell you bluntly, but they'll tell you through code. You want to know how they told us through code? Bill Gates is now the number one owner of farmland in the country. Trust me, Bill Gates does not like owning chickens and cows. That's code. You see, that's Bill Gates telling you, watch out, inflation is coming. Because you know the one asset that does really, really well in inflation? Of course, gold and silver, land. Land does best in inflation. Why? Because there's only so much of it. It's one of the few things you can't create more of. It's one of the few things that you literally know how much land there is, especially developed land. Does that make sense why all of a sudden Biden is not allowing more expansion on federal lands? It makes pre-existing land more valuable. Because when you open up more lands for leases, all of a sudden there's more supply. And therefore prices will go down. If you take the state of Arizona, Maricopa County, Maricopa County is hitting its limits. That's why buildings are starting to get more vertical. By the way, that is a thesis that we are going to build out. I'm a big believer that the more vertical we allow housing units to get, the more liberal communities become. The less you own, the more you rent, the more likely you are to be a Democrat. Different podcast and different radio show for a different time. So the ruling class talks in code. And do you know what the monetary ruling class is telling us right now? 
almost in a Morse code way. We are now going to become a country that manages inflation. Larry Lawrence Summers has said this. And by the way, I'm no fan of Lawrence Summers traditionally, just so we're clear. He says, quote, Inflationary pressures are going to come of a kind we have not seen in a generation with consequences for the value of the dollar and financial stability. He notes that stimulus measures of the magnitude contemplated are steps into the unknown. So who does this punish? Who does inflation and this sort of debt-based fiat currency, Rhodesian Weimar Republic, Narnia-based economic system punish? the people who have played by the rules, conservatives. If you have saved money your whole life, if you have paid down your debt, if you have not leveraged yourself through credit card bills, this entire program is designed to punish you. But if you have leveraged yourself up to the sky, if you have borrowed money your whole life, all of a sudden this is your bailout. And that's their design. I've come to the realization that the modern leftist, their life's work is to be at war with nature. It's as simply as I can put it. They do not believe in the laws of economics. They don't believe in the laws of human nature either. Now, liberals are different than leftists. Liberals admit human nature is flawed. Liberals admit that human beings are not malleable. Do you want to know one of the greatest lies ever told? That we are somehow inherently better human beings just because of the technology around us than the founding fathers. We are just as broken, self-interested, greedy, and sinful as the people that predated us. Our society is better thanks to them and the systems they gave us. But as individual human beings... We are right the same as the people that came before us. And that is one of the most deceiving narratives of the left. That somehow progress, this Hegelian dialectic progress, this history with an insight, somehow we become better people. And the answer is, of course you don't. But in some way, it is almost as if the Democrats, when they pass these inflationary measures, especially the Cortez's, Talibs, and Omars, they believe this is the time that we're going to prove nature wrong. You hear that, God? We're going to prove you wrong. But just as I went through the very basic rules of economics, of supply and demand, the incident of wants problem, it's no different than the laws of Newtonian physics. It's no different than the laws of gravity. It's no different than the laws of thermodynamics. The second law of thermodynamics, I believe, is the law of inevitable decay. The left is disinterested in that. The left doesn't care about that. The left believes that with the right combined collective genius, which takes pride to believe that, with enough power, they can overcome the laws of nature we're democrats they haven't seen anything yet and it's this perpetual push of liberals and democrats 
that are almost resisting the guardrails, the rules, the laws, the facts, the biology, and the science that dictate our society. And people say all the time, Charlie, what is a conservative? I say a conservative is very simple. Someone who recognizes human nature, who doesn't fight it, and instead tries to use the worst of human nature for the betterment of the entire society. Instead, conservatives say we should try to create good people, not try to change how people actually are inherently. That people are going to slip up, people are going to fall, people are going to sin. Instead, what kind of a society can we have to teach people how to be, not what to destroy, like the left does? And so when the left passes these stimulus bills, they're doing the exact same thing as when they're fighting the transgender stuff, for the transgender stuff. The laws of biology, the laws of economics. I don't care about that. You see, this is the way America was governed before the Jacques Derrida, Michel Foucault, postmodernist left came onto the scene. America was governed when you had a Democrat party and a Republican party that actually agreed on some very basic things. The laws of nature and nature's God. The laws of economics. The laws of physics. The law of thermodynamics. And so then when you have those kind of agreed upon givens, then public policy will stay within the framework of not destroying your civilization. But when all of a sudden you say math, science, all of that are white Western power structures, well, then of course you're going to be at war with God and his nature. It's exactly what is driving the pathological left. Because they can't possibly believe there might be a creator above them in the hierarchy of needs, wants, and power. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.